0: Good morning, Oregon. It's Wednesday, August 17th. This is Andrew Thien with a news briefing from the Oregonian in Oregon Live. Multnomah County Sheriff's officers and county health leaders took the rare step Tuesday of issuing in public warning about a new form of fentanyl that looks like a rainbow-colored candy. Deputies seized about four ounces of the multicolor fentanyl powder from a safe in a northeast Portland apartment last week. Officials are worried that potentially deadly powder chunks could be mistaken for candy. Fentanyl powder, pressed into a shape, is more deadly than fentanyl in a pill form because it's purer, according to county law enforcement officers. Those officers are seeing more powder on the streets this year, including the dyed varieties. So far this year, about 35 kilograms of powdered fentanyl have been seized by regional narcotics officers compared to 5 kilograms seized by the regional task force all of last year. The regional task force also has seized more counterfeit pills laced with fentanyl so far this year. In Oregon, there were 656 drug overdose deaths from January through October of 2021. That's far higher than in 2020 and 2019. More than 2,000 Oregonians who were enrolled at the now-defunct for-profit college called ITT Technical Institute will see their debt wiped away. The U.S. Department of Education announced Tuesday it would forgive nearly $40 million in debt held by 2,090 Oregonians who were enrolled at the school between 2005 and 2016. ITT Tech closed abruptly in 2016. The feds announced it would forgive some $3.9 billion in debt for 208,000 people across the country who went to ITT Tech. The nation's top education officials said that ITT Tech misled students about the value of its degree in order to profit off federal student loans. Oregon's Ellen Rosenblum was one of 25 state attorneys general to ask for the loan forgiveness. It's the second major wave of loan forgiveness tied to ITT Tech. For months, Betsy Johnson has raised millions of dollars and pursued an ad blitz and marketing push to be Oregon's next governor as an outsider, unaffiliated candidate. She's now one step closer to actually being on the ballot. Johnson turned in 48,200 signatures on Tuesday. That's about double the amount she needs to qualify for the gubernatorial race without the support of a political party. Tuesday was the last day to submit signatures. Johnson relied on paid signature gatherers and grassroots support. As of this week, Johnson's campaign reported spending $207,000 on a well-known signature gathering firm. The number of signatures needed to make the ballot as a candidate is far fewer than the number needed to put a citizen-backed ballot initiative on the voter ballot come November. Secretary of State staffers need to check a sample of the signatures by August 30th to ensure the campaign has turned in enough valid ones, but with more than 24,000 signatures to spare, it seems clear that Johnson will clear the threshold. A Southeast Portland urban loft mansion that's on the market is officially off the rails. Let me explain. A Hosford-Abernathy neighborhood loft on the market for $4.5 million at first blush has a crazy special feature, a massive room dedicated to trains. It shows up in online tours. Yes, the 9,900 square foot loft at 1600 Southeast Division Street had a whole 2,000 square foot space dedicated to a massive model train village. It's quite the sight to behold on the 3D renderings online. But that's now gone, according to one of the realtors. You can still relive the glory online. The place is furnished, too, if you somehow have those $4.5 million to spare. The residence has three bedrooms and four bathrooms, including one large bathroom with white subway tile and a commercial sink with two faucets that looks as if it belongs in a century-old factory. It's a trip. You can check it all out at OregonLive.com slash real estate. Thanks for listening. You can support our local journalism by subscribing to Oregon Live. Go to OregonLive.com slash podsupport.